0: Welcome to the B Signal podcast. The podcast where filmmakers and fans talk about film and how it impacts our lives. I'm your host B. Anthony. And now our feature present and welcome to another episode of the B Signal podcast. I'm your host B Anthony and I am glad to be back uh to talk to you about film, filmmaking and all things creative. So um as you can tell it is November. Um I miss doing the Halloween episode because I was not feeling the best because I I was really excited about it. I'm still going to do it. Um, But before I get into that, I just wanted to thank all of the supporters of the B signal podcast for um, supporting us all year long. I don't take it for granted that people are listening and that people are talking about it. Um, Got a lot of feedback about the last episode with uh, Jared talking about uh no time to die (coughs) excuse me and you know that was amazing and uh, he's always fun to have on the show and he will be back so uh keep listening keep subscribing keep liking the podcast share the podcast enjoy the podcast love the podcast um yeah i just wanted to take an opportunity and thank everyone for listening so this episode um was birthed because i saw halloween kills in the movie theater um to put this whole episode in the context you have to understand halloween um john carpenter's halloween is one of my favorite films of all time uh i was watching the films that made us on netflix and they featured that film. Um, It talked about not only how the film was made, but how how much of of an independent spirit was behind it. Um, You know, it was an investment of $300,000 that has gone on to gross, God knows how much money since then, right? You have to keep in mind, halloween has had sequels remakes um, uh, merchandising um <coughs> it's made stars out of so many people from jamie lee curtis um a lot of people have made their debut uh, paul rudd anybody um through the franchise so this whole franchise as big as it is um was birthed from this one movie that came out um, in the late 70s. Halloween for me, I remember watching the original one and I believe I was watching it with my father around about Halloween time when they showed all the scary movies um, like on USA and whatever channel. And I remember watching it and just, it was the edited version, but still the spirit of the film is so masterfully done. Um, from the reveal of Mr. Michael Myers uh, to the way the kills are done. Um, I didn't realize it until they mentioned it in the films uh, that made us that there's no blood in the first Halloween. And I thought that was extremely fascinating, right? It was no gore, it was no blood, um, but the manner in which the film was shot, uh, it it, truly beyond spectacular. Um, I keep saying the films that made us, the name of the show on Netflix is the movies that made us, I'm sorry. Um, And it's to be applauded because with all the resources that they had, which was very limited, they were still able to make something you know just by using a a steady cam and like you know playing with the position of the camera uh the slow reveal of Mike Myers <clears throat> um lighting was a big instrument that was used uh the creativity of using William Shatner's mask to make Michael Myers mask um it it's so much with that film that's inspiring and I'm not even like a horror movie fan or anything like that, uh, but there's, there are some films from that genre that you look at and you're just like, wow, this is masterful filmmaking. Um, John Carpenter, seeing that he wanted to direct, write, and do the music for the film, uh, showed not only how creative he was, but how committed he was to making sure that the film was just as successful as it could be, right? So with all that in mind, I'm excited um, to go see the new Halloween movie. Now, the funny part about this is is that I saw the last Halloween film that preceded this one. And, um, let's see, I want to be fair. I don't want to... I don't wanna just be mean for the sake of being mean. And I don't even think it's being mean, but I think remakes are hard, right? Sequels are hard. You're trying to capitalize off an original idea, um, a successful original idea, and hope that you can capture um, lightning in the bottle twice. David Gordon uh, Green directed this film, Halloween Kills, and then the previous film, And for the most part, I remember watching the previous film um, or the first film of his series and thinking, it's okay, you know, there were a lot of callbacks to the original film. But, you know, after a while for me personally, I was just waiting to see something to to see if they were going to be able to add something new to the story. And for me, it was a well-made film, but it just didn't hit excuse me, I'm belching like crazy, sorry. Um, it just didn't hit me like the original Halloween film. And I don't know, I, I struggle because like, I'm not gonna sit here and pretend like there aren't sequels that I have not enjoyed or that have not been better than the original, Godfather two, uh, The Dark Knight. Um, those are just some of the examples of films where they, they were just better than the original. Um, Empire Strikes Back. You know, so I'm not saying that it's impossible for a film to be better than, you know, whatever came before. I do think that what makes those films stand out is that they either moved the story forward or they did something that the audience wasn't expecting, right? Case in point. Uh, With The Dark Knight, Uh, I think not only the way Heath Ledger played the Joker, but what Nolan was trying to express about society, the role of media, um, what happens when there are no rules, as the uh, tagline on the poster says. Um, He really pushed the genre of comic book filmmaking to be more than just an excuse for people to dress up and put on costumes, right? He, he made it so that those types of films make you think. Um, and think very intentionally, right? Um, to the point where if you look at some of the things that they were talking about, um, a lot of that has been going on, you know, more as far as media and how people respond, um, you know, the whole uh, fear viewing and, and all of these things that were ideas in that film. So, you know, I think for, or what I'm missing in these Halloween sequels is that whole premise. How do you make a story that involves someone uh, killing their sister and then growing up to, you know, kill more people? How do you make that move forward? And I don't know, I feel like with Halloween, I think, and this is just my opinion, I'm not you know, Siskel or Ebert or any of the greats when it comes to film uh, reviews or criticisms. I don't even like critiquing films. But I often wonder if Halloween was just one of those films that really didn't need a sequel. I don't know. It's weird because every time I see a sequel, it leaves me wanting for more. I think H2O was probably the closest to where I felt like, okay, this is good, you know. Um, This is, of course, before they got rid of all the sequels after the first one to do this new series. But I appreciated H2O because, you know, um, in that film, Jamie Lee Curtis manages to build a life to have a son, you know, uh, protect her son, but then still dealing with her trauma of what she experienced in the first film for the past 20 years, right? And so, you know, that was interesting to me. And then at the end, when we thought, or I thought, that she had killed him, that was satisfying to me. Uh, But lo and behold, she didn't, you know? And so then they bring him back, but then that film really didn't measure up to what I believe they were trying to do with H2O. Um, so out of all the Halloween sequels or films, if I had to pick the ones that really, you know, I connected with, it was, or it is, the very first one, and H2O. Um, and I know people probably are, like, clawing their eyeballs out, saying, you're wrong, da-da-da, and that's fine. I'm, I'm not saying that I have to be right about these things. That being said, go in... Uh, I saw the film at Hoffman and I'm, you know, excited. I think I just left work and I needed just a moment of escapism. I wanted to do something just to relieve my mind of, uh, you know, adulting. (laughs) And so I said, I'm going to go watch the new Halloween movie. Get in the theater, have my bucket of popcorn, um, sat through all those trailers. The only one that I was sort of kind of into was the new Screen movie. But even that, again, is another example of, out of all the sequels, I don't think I really connected with any of the sequels for Scream, but the original one was, it was good enough for me. So anyway, make it to the film. Um, The film begins, and it starts out, the way that uh, he directed or, or, or started the movie, there were like some Scenes that were on the cutting room floor, or you know, some some um, scenes that fill in the holes of what happened in the first Halloween. So that was interesting to me. I like that approach. Um, but then as the movie progressed, it just seemed like, okay, what's the point of all this? I think that for me was the big question as I'm watching this movie. From everything that was in there, there was nothing there that that just kept my interest, right? Um, <laughs> the first scene where he, he pretty much kills those emergency uh, workers was interesting to me. Um, I was watching the trailer to this film and I was like, well, how did he survive the fire? You know, because they pretty much had him locked up and the way that um Jamie Lee Curtis's character had the house situated it looked like no matter where you were um you know you were going to you were going to die if she sets off this big gas trap well <laughs> lo and behold um when the firefighter falls through the floor uh, you know he's down in the basement where we know Michael is and next thing i know there was a hidden compartment door that Michael was hiding behind. And when that door opens, um, he comes out and of course starts murdering everybody. I thought that was interesting. Um, Cause the only question that came to my mind was, well, if the door <laughs> was able to protect him, why was she, was that a design flaw? I don't know that part, it, it didn't make sense to me. Like, it should have been one of those things where it was just like, no matter where you were in this house, if she sets off this big house like she did in this this big house fire like she did in the last film, then that should be it, right? Um, so it's all in the trailer. You see that he kills all of these emergency workers and shot very well. I love the cinematography in this film, actually. I thought that was done very well, but I just remember sitting there thinking like okay, so this, this is just gonna be an excuse, this film is an excuse for him to kill more people because I really don't see a point. And this is just early on. Then he goes on to Lori's um, neighbors, I guess, and he goes in there and, and kills them. You saw that in the trailer, the, a black woman um, and a white guy, interracial couple. And I'm watching this and I'm just like, why? <laughs> like, And then the way that they shot it, it was, you know, I, there's these funny videos where um, on Instagram where they're playing the the Halloween thing and they have like a knife in front of the camera or a spoon and someone um, is literally in front of it. And when they see the knife, they you know start doing all these things that people do in film um, when they're in those scenarios, and they just start making a lot of stupid decisions. And that's what I felt like, like with that interracial couple, for example. The lady could have made it out the house; like she, she didn't have to die, right? But I don't know. Maybe it's me, which just watching too many of these movies. But I'm just like, you could have, you you could have lived, lady. Like, your husband or boyfriend, he's done, like, gone. Anyway, so they show him killing them, and I'm just like, that's kind of effed up, you know? Um, And then they go to the bar scene where they show the original cast of characters who were kids um, and the nurse who were in the original. They connected somehow, and... You know, every Halloween they commemorate what happened in the original one, and you know, again, pointless. <laughs> um, I didn't feel connected to it, or you know, it didn't it didn't add to the story for me. And then while they're in the bar, they realize like, you know, Michael's back, people are being killed again, so they create a mob. Um, and I'll I'll get to the mob in a few minutes because I did think that was one of the effective things about the movie that they did uh, right? But, um, you know, there's a black couple in there (laughs) and they were okay, but, you know, you know that they were gonna die. You just, you knew it. Primarily because they showed it in the trailer, right? Um, So the town is aware that Michael's there, so they create a mob. We're gonna go get Michael! Uh, Lori and the grandkids uh, grandchild and the daughter, they're at the hospital. Lori goes through surgery, gets stapled up or what have you. Um, you know, the daughter lies to Lori saying, Hey, Michael's dead, and then, you know, uh clearly he's not. And so that's a whole nother, you know, I guess, component of the film that you're you're seeing Lori think that Michael's dead. But you know, a few minutes earlier, you see that she was losing it because the fire department, fire, fire, um, uh, department, and and all these EMS people were going to her house to save someone, and she was screaming, "Let it burn!" So the fact that she believed that he was gone so quickly, I don't know; it just didn't seem plausible. Um, then from that point on. Uh, a lot of the decisions that were made, um, as far as how people died and how the film was executed, you know, it was shot very well. The execution was awesome, but I think what's missing for me, because I feel like I'm going to keep saying this throughout this entire episode, was how or what was the ideas uh, that were that were trying to be pushed to the audience. Um, because normally there's a point or there's some type of, of message, like with all films, right? Um, sometimes it's a morality thing. Sometimes it's, it's a subtle message about fighting your inner monster or what have you. You know, I don't know with this film. I just felt like it was an excuse to watch this man murk so many people so, the hospital becomes this kind of hub because people are finding out that michael's will, you know Myers is killing people, and so people are coming to the hospital to see if their family member is there you know um and that that in and of itself turns into this whole horrific mess. I thought that part was actually scarier than Michael Myers um because it speaks to what fear does to a community. Um, And in the hospital scene, there's a point where they think Michael is in the hospital. And so this mob literally goes after this guy who's not Michael. But when I was watching it, I couldn't help but think about January, I believe 6th, the attack on the Capitol. And I remember thinking in the film like, wow, okay, this is pretty cool. The idea of you know, you know, whatever cause or, or um, you know belief that will cause a mob to form and to do something as radical as chase someone through the hospital and attack doctors and police officers and just have a total disregard for the law, um, I thought that was interesting, right? But they really didn't explore that. Um, And at least in a way that I thought felt like was satisfying. So, you know, go through all that. Um, I'm gonna fast forward to the end of the film. But needless to say, a lot of people get killed. Um, And I think the frustrating thing, unlike the original, where the cast or the people who did get killed, they really weren't aware of what was going on until it was too late. these people they knew, right? They they saw that there were things happening and some of them just like there's a scene where a father and a son and a, a, another character um they go into Michael Myers' house thinking that they're going to take this man down. And I'm just looking at it like what <laughs> why why would you think this is a good idea you know anyway um the crazier scene for me out of this whole thing is that they trick michael into coming out into the open and being attacked by the mob and so they beat the crap out of michael myers and so at this point i'm like okay all right what's what's this is good you know someone got smart and was like look as soon as you see him you know, take him out. Except for the fact that no one (laughs) thought to bring an axe to chop his head off or, you know, to at least break his ankles or, you know, none of these ideas happen as they're beating the crap out of him. And sure enough, Michael gets back up and takes out everyone. And, you know, I remember sitting there thinking, this film just felt hollow. It felt very hollow. And I think because I'm such a fan of the original um, and the way this was marketed, I keep falling for the whole maybe this will live up to the original Halloween. And, you know, the odor that I get when it comes to sequels of any kind is that I have to at least protect my uh, perception and interests to know that it's its own film, right? Um, And that's, that's, I think that's where I am with the franchise as a whole. I don't know what they plan to do with the third one. Jamie Lee Curtis mentioned that a lot of people are gonna be mad um, with how it ends. And I don't know. I feel like this is a prime example, and I said it earlier, where they should have just left the film alone. Like, you made a good first film. I don't know if sequels are always necessary. I just don't, especially in the horror genre, Um, whether it's Michael, Freddy, Pinhead, um, heck, even Dracula, Wolfman, you know, whatever, whatever the monster is, right? A lot of those films are cash grabs, and they're easy cash grabs. But I can't think of too many sequels where they were just—they were just either good or lived up to the original. So um, I, I left the theater feeling like it was cool to watch. The film looks great, but story-wise, I just wonder. Like every time John Carpenter. Uh, sees these films or hears that they're making another one, you know, what goes through his mind? Is it like, yo, just leave it alone? (laughs) Like, I have nothing else to say or I left it the way that it was to lead the audience in a certain space? Um, Or does, if he even cares about it at all because he's gone on to do so much since then. Um, Yeah, I I just, my, my resolve is... I'm good with the first one. Um, And if I see the sequels or if I go and look at any other... I I still to this day have not even seen the the Rob Zombie remake for that reason, right? I feel like when you try to say that you can add something to a classic like that, nine times out of ten you're setting yourself up for failure, you know? So... I... I don't know. I was ready for something great. And, you know, now there were moments in the film previous to Halloween uh, Kills um, that made me laugh. Like the little black boy um, with the babysitter, that whole scene where he hurried up and hightailed it out of there. That was good, you know. Um, But I, I just I don't feel like they've really done anything to move it forward. So. I say all that to say that I think I'm a purist when it comes to this title. And for me, um, if I do nothing more than just watch the original, I'm okay with that. Like, that's good enough for me. So to end on a positive note, um, and I know a lot of you are going to clown me for it. I don't care. Um, Tyler Perry's Madea's <laughs> Halloween. Um, film. My God, that thing makes me laugh. And I'm not saying it's a Halloween classic, but I am saying that it's one of those films that I'm adding to my list of films that I enjoy watching around Halloween. Um, Because it just, it's a funny film. And it, it just cracks me up. You know, um, so that'll probably be a new tradition um, that I'll probably implement um, outside of just watching uh, Carpenter's Halloween. Because I think, especially with the sequels, there's nothing else that you can really do with the franchise to make it interesting, is what I'm trying to say. So that's it. I, I That's what I wanted to talk about uh, with this episode of the B Signal podcast. Um, thank you for listening. If you have... Um, or want to learn more about the B Signal podcast, you can go to banthonycg.com. Um Yeah, and you can follow me on Instagram at banthonycg and check us out on the next episode. I have some very exciting news for you. Um, but until then, I'm B Anthony and you have been listening to the B Signal podcast. <laughs>